0: This podcast of the Tailgate Society is sponsored by Revelton Distilling Company. When Rob and Christy Taylor started following the Kentucky Bourbon Trail in 2012, they fell in love with not only bourbon, but the entire distilling process. So they opened Revelton Distillery where they offer a family of products, including vodka, gin, whiskey, and Revelton Shine. Come visit the tasting room at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or pick some up at your local Hy-Vee or Fairway grocery store.
1: This podcast contains material that is intended for mature audiences and may not be suitable for all listeners. Enjoy.
2: How about, can can you give me your address and I'll just mail this shit to you. Yeah, it's
1: 1943.
2: I, I I I said your address, not what year you're born, Chris. <laughs>
1: I don't want to get on the bandwagon.
2: I'll burn that wagon down and join the band. Traveling troubadours, terrorizing street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands. Now i
1: waited all my life to get this on my chest screen buddy murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join
0: in To that original sin Hello and welcome yet again to another edition of Old Man Strength, a podcast of the Tailgate Society brought to you by Revelton Distilling Company in Osceola, Iowa. I am Tim Johnson, joined as always by Chris Shipley. Chris, how
1: are we doing this evening? We're doing all right. Doing all right. I'm healthy. Uh, Family's healthy. So, saw Rob down at Revelton on Saturday, uh, had some drinks. Got some exciting news we'll talk about later, but things are good. Yeah, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm excited to, to jump into that. Um, I'm glad you are healthy. I uh, I have not been as healthy here as of late. I, I did get finally for as much of my uh, uh, health ninja moves of avoiding COVID for the longest time. I finally got bit. And had was laid up here for a little bit with COVID. I wasn't too bad, but then I also unfortunately had uh, managed to get my daughter sick, so that was not fun. Uh, so after a week and a half of the two of us dealing with that, uh, finally out the other side, um, it it really wasn't too bad. You know, we're we're both vaccinated. Um, I'm boosted. Uh, She actually never even bothered, you know, she's, she's six, but she never even bothered to show signs. Uh, But still, man, uh, was not something super fun. And, you know, we hung out at home while she did distance learning from school, but um, grateful it was not worse for sure.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, On a side note, we should probably take a a minute uh, and, and, just acknowledge that somebody from Twitter that's a, a really big Cyclone fan and is a pretty popular guy, uh, unfortunately, passed away today. So uh, I certainly, and I, I, I know I speak for Tim and, and our guests, that we uh, give a shout-out and prayers to Nick Bassett and his family. Uh, what a, what a, If you need somebody as a model of how to live their life with strength and compassion and, and never giving up, Nick Bassett would be him.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very glad you said something about that, Chris. Um, I Nick provided for us a very clear example of how to live life with positivity through uh, <laughs> a whole lot of things that I don't think I would would have been able to be nearly as um, positive enough as uplifting as 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 him so thank you very much for for bringing that up for sure um well man so uh, obviously a lot has been going on we've been you know at work so i'm i'm actually apologies to, to the listeners if my audio is a little bit different i am not at home and work has been uh, a little hectic lately. I, I have been out and then other people have been out and been trying to scramble to figure things out. We're going through uh, another round of, of lockdowns and mandates and whatnot here in the Twin Cities. I don't know how things have been down, down there in Des Moines Metro, but we've definitely been uh, dealing with a new round of challenges. Um, uh, but, Man, we're we're all trying to just navigate as we. I'm not even I'm not even gonna say as we try to figure out what the what the last stages of this is because I don't know what the hell is going to happen for the, from from here on out. Um, but uh, I I know Chris, you you went through your fair share of working from home and, and uh, your wife dealing with what it means for a teacher to to deal with with some of these things. And, and certainly your family has been impacted by what we've gone through over the last Jesus it feels like umpteen billion years at this point
1: yeah I, I, it might be what 21 months I think we we all kind of got shut down mid-March of 2020 um and you know at that point I think a lot of us thought a couple months we'll be back to normal and I think what we've learned is, is that we need to start to understand what the new normal is. So part of what we thought we'd do every once in a while is, is talk to some people that have had challenges, right. And have had, um, you know, real life situations that they've had to deal with. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that we're dealing with right now in, in this country is, is businesses that are struggling or, or learning how to, to, to thrive. And, and uh, I think that it's beneficial to bring on people that can give us a different look at it from the inside. Um, you know, whether it's teachers that are that are dealing with with things in school and and healthcare professionals and business owners and things like that. So um, I reached out to a to a, I would like to think as a friend of mine uh, from Twitter. Um, funny enough
0: he calls you an acquaintance so right well
1: yeah not not a lot of people want to call me a friend (laughs) that's true (laughs) um um, teddy holly who uh owns uh beer can alley uh here in des moines and in omaha and also owns the breakfast club uh which is a great breakfast uh uh, place uh in downtown des moines as well uh was gracious enough to come on we'd love to talk to him about his businesses and how he started and, and and what he did when he was younger and and let's talk about the last few months and and how things have progressed i i know that one of the first interactions that teddy and i had was probably a little bit of, of a contentious one um and wait you wait you
0: you had had maybe uh like a, a less
1: than. <laughs> i'm i'm quick to admit that i am sometimes uh an <laughs> overbearing jerk uh <laughs> <laughs> what i would like to think that along with that is is that i sometimes look at those instances and go that was kind of an asshole move on my part and and teddy was nice enough to 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 let me patch it up and and we put it past us. so uh i appreciate it teddy thanks for coming on to old man strength and hanging out with us
2: hey that's uh that's probably one of the best introductions i've ever had but thank you gentlemen for having me on and uh yeah, it was. And he's trying to take all the blame on that, too. Uh, I'm also a contentious one sometimes, too, and quick to, to it. But uh, I also like to think that at the end of the day, we're both good people. And we had a really good off social for everybody on a DM level too. And I think we had a really good conversation there, too. And that probably led a little bit to, to today. And uh, I do want to thank you guys both for bringing up Nick Bassett I actually had it in my notes here to bring it up. So that was really important to talk about today, I think. So, uh, thanks for the introduction. I told you the girls that come out here at some point only took about 10
1: seconds. That's <laughs> right. You know, we, we talk about contentious and, and, and sometimes how bad Twitter can be. Nick was probably the, the, the epitome of what was good about Twitter.
2: I mean, you couldn't have said that any better. Anytime you try to feel sorry for yourself or what's really wrong, you look at the stuff that he dealt with and how – he dealt with it in a, you know, probably even knowing what the end game even was and just how to continue to help people and bring a positive light to very negative situations. I don't know if there's a better person to look up to. And, and it, and it relates to so many different facets of life that not just, you know, you can bring that to anything you want to. He's just a great, it's a great motivation for years to come and he definitely will not be forgotten for a long time.
1: Amen. Amen. Absolutely.
0: Um, well, I, Teddy again thank you very much for joining us um we always like to start this thing off a little bit so Chris gave you a little bit of an introduction um but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself about your businesses plural uh and um uh what kind of life has been like for you over uh (laughs) uh all of this for sure
2: yeah for sure so uh I'm I'm 35 years old I've been in been a bar owner for over 12 years now um I went I went to college right out of, right out of school I worked at Wells Fargo for about three months and knew that was absolutely not not for me I worked, managed, <laughs> I just said
0: it was exactly like Chris actually I can't believe you guys it was, got it was <laughs> just not for me man
2: I, 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 worked at, I worked at bars all through school managed some bars through college and you know, we got kind of fortunate enough, this, this place came up that was, you know, super available on a different level. I also knew I didn't want to go back to Vale, Iowa, a small town, tar- And I love Vail, Iowa to this day too. My dad, my family saw Liz back there. Um, they still crop insurance and do that stuff. And that just wasn't, wasn't my path at that time. Um, so we got this, it was called heroes at the time, actually in October of 2009, actually is when we, um, opened that place, my cousin and I did. And, uh, it was a combination of timing as everything always is with this stuff. You know, my friends and I were just getting their first, you know, real jobs, quote unquote, moving to the city from, you know, various different, I went to two different, I played basketball at Buena Vista and then I went to UNI after that. So I had different friends from other places. My cousin was five years older. They'd been living there for a while. So it was kind of that dance clubby version of all our friends knew their friends, their new friends, their new 10 friends. And it kind of just, a lot of—I mean, I like to tell you we were just the smartest guys in the world, but that absolutely was not the case at the time. <laughs> it was absolutely a lot of luck then. I didn't tell you that we were fortunate enough to make it through a bunch of mistakes for that. And then about a year later, year and a half later, we uh, uh, the floor below it in the Court Center building, we opened up uh, uh, Beer Can Alley, which we still have in—we have in three cities now, and it's a—it's a dirt road. Named after it's named after a little dirt road in Vale, Iowa, where I'm from a town of 380 400 people. Um, it's just a little country bar at that time. Then we moved upstairs and we've had some you know decent success with that. But you know through all that stuff too, there's lots of trial and error as it comes. And you know we are we fortunate enough to get some breaks. You know, be able to make it through some mistakes, a lot of good help, a lot of good employees, and you know through the years it's been it's been a it's been a long strange winding road and you know which you know leads you into covid which you know my my, my joke always was getting this bit into this business was well at least we're recession proof
1: whether <laughs> you're poor or out of
2: job you can always drink at the bar right, right. Turns out, we were not such a thing as pandemic proof which i did not have in build out in our plan on what you do when you open a bar or a restaurant <laughs> so,
0: so t- teddy i'm 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 a brewer by trade so i can tell you Love that it. uh Everything we thought about uh, people wanting to go out and drink uh, went out the window, and realized people weren't allowed to go <laughs> out and drink.
2: Well, hey, the people still drink; they just they drink a lot more in their homes. The drinking did not right. go down. Oh, oh yeah, they no, no,
0: for, for, for sure, for sure. But when you're like depending on people coming through your doors, it's a whole other whole other ball game, for sure. Hundred percent. Well, no, I and and I appreciate you saying. Uh, that, what you did about, you know, everything you did to make things work, but also understanding that it was about people and about luck as well. I had that conversation with uh, a friend that's a brewer at a different brewery this evening about how I think sometimes people take for granted that uh, uh, they're surviving and thriving in spite of themselves, rather than because of themselves. I think a lot of times people have a a false sense of confidence for why things worked out well. So I appreciate your your humility there.
2: I think you're very ignorant to think that. And I mean that in the best way possible that, you know what, maybe there's the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that truly are just that way, that can do it just, you know, be, be despite that. But, you know, there's a reason we're not throwing footballs this weekend and that kind of stuff too and we're trying to find our different ways in this world even though we all wish we were and some of that stuff you know that you need a lot of luck and a lot of help and you know especially early on very fortunate that some things bounced our way because look we we were very green you know I, I knew the ins and outs on how to do stuff from you know a bar standpoint but the business standpoint comes at you fast and you have to learn on the fly there too and there was some, you know, there was a couple of months and weeks started between it that it could have went either way that could be doing something very differently now, you know, 12 years later. So I definitely have always remembered that and not taken it for granted, I guess. Um, and, you know, with some of the new people too, I've always, I had a couple of people that, I had some people when we first got in the business that were very, very kind to me. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Zemulik was one. They owned Peoples Above Us, Peoples on Court right above us. Sure. And, we got into that place too. And like we we needed some bar school. There's a couple things he just did to help us get started that I will never, ever, ever forget. So some new people that are getting the business, the first thing I tell them too is, is I go, don't. <laughs> <You think it's, laughs> I just say, well, don't. What, what's your advice, Michael? First of all, don't. Right. Second of all, you're really gonna do it, they're gonna do what they want anyway. But you just try to give, you know, the best knowledge you can. I mean, I, I'm not very old age-wise in this business, but I've been I've been doing this for a long time. In this world mm-hmm. i mean 12 years is a i mean you know if you're brewing too that's an eternity in this world sure. on yeah, how you right. have been doing different stuff so it's I, I just think that the the nicer you can be to some people and and there's been so many good friends i've made that are peers doing it too i mean don't get me wrong you run into ones that definitely aren't and it's just like come on man what are you doing but uh yeah a, a lot of it is it's, it's community-based especially in a downtown area like we are you can't have your own place by yourself you need a community feeling on all these different places to be thriving cuz people are coming down there to bar hop and go for a you know entertainment aspect not just for your place and and that's where i've also learned that too to where you know we have some different places now too that are more destination place um, like our, our places in omaha so 5 years ago um, we partnered with tom baldwin out there too who's i've learned i can't even tell you how much i've learned from that guy when we partnered with him doing that stuff i mean he's got a million places in Des Moines too I, I would be nowhere without that guy in this process but we've witnessed it's more like a power and light type place in um, Omaha but the power and light place hasn't been really built out yet it's a beautiful Ooh. place I'm like oh my god this place is amazing these big screens they have all these watch parties it is very very cool hotels connected to it but half the place is still kind of empty so we've had to more or less you know we're paying rent to have all this entertainment that type of stuff too we've had to more rely on, Hey, we have to be a little bit of a destination. We're kind of between where the college world series is played and right between old market there. It's still walkable. still very close. We're right there. We've had to rely a little more on, Hey, you gotta be a little more competitive on stuff and not, I'm not saying you're not embracing the whole thing as a whole, but you have to be just every, every, every single instance, every single bar business is completely different. If you try to run every town's different, every city's different. If you try to run everything in a, into a single basket, I don't think you can be successful that way if you're not willing to be able to change how you think and adapt to things. So that's the biggest thing I learned from a lot of great role models through that. And again, Tom Baldwin couldn't be a better one to give credit to on that.
1: Yeah, I I watched um, my dad run his business for several years uh, from his side. I, I worked with him hand in hand for several years. And and that was something that he always prided himself on too was surrounding himself with good people, that were not there to tear you down, but to what's that?
0: I said, and yet he hired you. He wanted to surround himself. <laughs> I know, with right?
1: <laughs> Let's see, what's the time? How long are we into this now? You're late. You're late. Uh, he uh, well, it's because he knew that I I work weekends and and I needed a job. Nobody else was gonna. <laughs> <hide>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> But he he talked a lot about surrounding himself with good people and supportive people rather than people that were going to try to to tear him down or whatever. I mean, to this point, there there were people that he did business with that he knew probably would have liked to have seen. There, there were yeah. several people that would come in and 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 be friendly, but were trying to learn more things so that they could turn around and then later try to put him out of business. That does happen, right? Um, uh, but it's the relationships. It's the people that you hire. Uh, it's treating people the right way, right? He treated everybody that worked there like they were family, regardless of whether or not they were or not. And, and I'll even go back to kind of what you opened the show with there a little bit too. I,
2: I mean, this was a high energy, high um, emotional business at times and stuff too. You're always going to make mistakes and you're going to get in some fights and do that stuff too. But I, I really, I mean, I like to think they can go back and patch that stuff up. And it's not always a grudge to hold for years to come on to that type of stuff too, that you have to be able to say, sorry, in this business for sure, because, you know, just quite frankly, again, like back to the downtown thing is, you know, what's good for one person's good for everybody a lot to where you want people to come to an area and that stuff too. And a lot of that just takes getting along. And if the pandemic's done anything, through that um, especially in downtown Des Moines I can tell you that for a fact there was a lot of different people that quite frankly weren't on speaking terms wouldn't be in the same room that are more than on speaking terms now understand what really can go away when it's not just about your place and it's not about what's across the street from you that um, there is more of a community feel through this that hey it's it's not fun playing pay, uh, fifteen twenty thousand dollar leases when you're getting nothing there and can't open. That it's there's uh, there's different there's different things to be you know happy about and get along with. And I think a lot of people are just quite frankly happy to have their doors open again.
0: So I mean, Teddy, uh, you were dumb enough to open up one business, but yeah. uh, uh, having multiple businesses, yeah. uh, do you really find that that having that community of other people uh, not just people that you partner with, but other, other businesses and other people that you can, uh, as much as, as, as competitive as, as it can be that also that you've got other people around that you can still kind of talk to and, and, and learn from and, and, and bank on to help you kind of figure out all that. Right.
2: Yeah. it, It, that truly came out during this process, you know, you get you know, week or two, you know, you heard all, again, no one really knew it was going to be a week or two. Right away, I knew the week or two was, that was BS. In my head, I was thinking maybe in of summer, I had July, August in my head, and it was just, what's going to happen? And it became more of, a, you know, again, everybody started talking people you maybe didn't have to talk to or have their numbers. All of a sudden, now you have their numbers. All of a sudden, you're talking Weekly, Austin. You're talking daily. You become like you know when you're sitting when you're used to out working and doing things and being busy, and you're quite literally sitting on your hands at home with nothing to do.
0: Right. You know
2: this wasn't a work from home. You
0: want to be. Yeah.
2: We wanted to be doing stuff. That was not the thing. It was literally, well, this is all some people have known. You know, take away me with multiple places. Some of these places, they're third generation Italian shops and wherever. They've been, they're in their 60s. They've been doing this since they were born and birth. What else are mm-hmm. they supposed to do? There's nothing else to do because you're literally not allowed to do it. And the right. biggest that brought everybody together was, you know, not being allowed to do something's one thing, but you can't be making us pay full bills and rents and not allowing us to open.
0: Yep.
2: This didn't become yeah. a right or left thing for me. This became a, hey, you either need to let us open the doors and fight it out or you need to be, you need to be compensating us accordingly, not to, because you're, you're quite literally pushing people out the doors. And, and uh, listen, I got it. They went through the process and all that was, but when you're at that high, strong, when, I mean, well, us, us with multiple businesses and multiple cities and different rules and every city had different stuff and the PPP and all that stuff, nobody knew what that was going to be. I mean, that, that took a while to even get to that point. Um, you know, I had some really good friends helped me through that too, you know, Sean Roberts and those guys from Chantaraj, Jose and Pistol and Justin Small sure. you know they came out to the house when those first nights too I mean this happened right before St. Patty's Day which you know yeah, too- This you. is, I mean so we, we have a couple of months that maybe break even through the winter and spring and this kind of makes up for that too it tenfold and it happened right before that and we made the decision before our governor the next morning did not to open put a press release out because that's kind of where it was going but there was really nobody to take a serious lead, but then to make you feel better that you made the right decision to do stuff. Right. Um, you know, and then months later, the 10 o'clock dang, And then if you're standing up, you get a thousand. We got a thousand dollar ticket for people standing up and not sitting at their bar stools at 50% capacity. Our bar stools actually make you sit higher. And unless you're six foot three, you are actually higher <laughs> sitting on a stool. Standing on the floor drinking we got a thousand dollar ticket from the abd for that so there were just so many weird things that just kind of made you super frustrated through this process That you know without i mean without my wife my family and some really really good friends and stuff too and especially in that community they spring together it truly made you get through the hardest parts and helped you come out the the backside a little better at least with a lot more perspective
0: no, the nice yeah. thing about being the height that I'm at, uh, Teddy, is is I can be standing and people still think I'm sitting down. So, uh, <laughs> it
1: took my, I was gonna, <laughs> it was gonna be a short
0: joke too. I'm so upset. Yeah, no, 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 Chris. I should just trying to be you trying to do <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but no, no I,
1: I go ahead, Chris. It, it, at the time that that they that things got first shut down, I, I think that what my biggest concern was is okay, I, we're shutting down because of the unknown we don't know what this is we don't know how deadly it is we don't know how you know there was a lot of unknowns we were in the fog of the war but after six weeks when we still didn't have any better answers that's when i was concerned that we just wasted six weeks of people's livelihood yeah and what i
2: mean the the average the average business average nationwide is cash in hand nine days Mm. Oh, yeah. In this business. It's cash. In, I mean, we were fortunate enough. We were well beyond that for that. So we were one of the fortunate ones. And I was very upfront about that when that happened. It's like, hey, we're better off than most of this. But the nation average was nine days cash in hands. And like you said, now do six weeks because right. there was no help coming on any of that stuff, too. Nothing had happened at that point, too. there I mean, rentless will do. Those building owners had mortgages due. There was a yeah. trickle down that was just. Um, hemorrhaging stuff. There's other people that have, I mean, people have babies and that stuff to do too. They couldn't go buy milk. They, there was just so many people in the service industries. People don't I, don't, I don't think people realized how important nationwide or how many jobs that truly was nationwide until this happened mm-hmm. because it came such a national story. I mean, you're, you're, do you enjoy your entertainment? Well, this is what these people do and that's how they feed their families. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes I hope, and I do, and I really do think that other people that weren't involved in this maybe hadn't been ever Realized a little bit or had maybe had some more appreciation. Now when they go out a little bit, they tip a little more. Maybe they're a little more patient when something's not going quite correct. Because, quite frankly, in our industry now, some people that got out had to find different jobs and they're not coming back.
1: Yeah. Oh, and that, that was a question I was going to ask you is, is do you think that that has led to some of the shortages in the service industry because people have the people that work those jobs for so long? were screaming to high heaven that they were important and that they were being mistreated. And, and then when, when they were still the ones that were hurting or sometimes, you know, grocery store people, whatever, that still had to work, they couldn't go home and work from home. They okay. just felt unappreciated afterwards. And and I think they're standing up a little bit now. Don't you think? I, I don't want to
2: speak for why they do or don't go back to stuff, but would I be shocked if that's the reason, you know, absolutely not. I think that's absolutely a very fair take or question, Um, I think, personally, my opinion is I think a lot of people got into it. Maybe that were on the fringe of, you know, do I stay? I mean, you know, some people work at nightclubs or whatever, too. Eventually, maybe you think you get to age, you draw that, you go to serving or, you know, to a brewery, you can really grow and make different money in that. They had to find, they had to find, by necessity, different jobs to support their families. Yeah. And they they found those jobs and they, they didn't come back because, you know, there was different stay at home hey, not everybody's business went down through this. A lot of right. other businesses adapted and actually went the other way. I mean, if you're in the, the tech world went through the roof obviously for jobs. So, you know, while a lot, this this stuff, the brick and mortar going away does did scare me a little bit that maybe people saw hey, we really don't, you know, even like office buildings. Hey, maybe we can save a bunch of money and not send people down here. There's such a trickle down effect to that, especially <laughs> in cities and type of stuff too, to where hey, this, this restaurant that's been here forever, this brewery, this bar, or whatever, too, over lunches, this happy hours, and that stuff, too, well, if those people aren't coming out of their houses to go somewhere to do stuff, and they're never coming back, you're going to start seeing ghost towns and that type of stuff, too, which which I get. Hey, I get the internet and all that stuff and what you do, but I don't think any of us want to live in a world where there's literally no brick and mortar where you can go out or it's very, very limited.
1: No, I, I don't think so either, and, and when I... When the pandemic hit, I was working for a company that had their office in Capitol Square downtown, and we had just—they had just rented the rest of the floor that we were on and had just started renovating because they were going to hire more people, and we were going to have the entire floor wow. the week before they they sent everybody home. And to this day, that wing is now finished and sitting empty because they have not been back to the office for two months. Now, last summer, I went, I finally told my boss, I, I got to go back to the office. Said, I'm vaccinated. I, I'm going crazy sitting in my house. I, I have nobody to talk to. I, I, I need a place to go, whether it's, you know, a 20-minute car ride to go to the office to, to, even though there was hardly anybody down there, it just felt like there was a purpose. And the amount of ghost town that I saw in that skywalk was sad. It, it yep. was, there was yeah. so many businesses that were, that were empty and then were not there. And that's, and they're that's never coming back either. They're, they're never, never coming back. back. Right. Exactly. And, and the lunch spots and the places that you could go eat and all those things. One of the best, one of the favorite restaurants that we used to go town to all the time was Bernardo's a little burrito place right down there across next to Fong's, not there anymore. Yep. You know, and yep. that was a small family that just, we're probably living their dream. That's yeah. that's the reality think, of it, and the sadness of it. I think I, mean, I, I knew
2: that family, and you're exactly correct, and that's exactly what happened, Chris.
1: And it's sad. We we ate there probably two or three times a week. As you can see, I mean, I I, I ate a lot I, of burritos there. Their burritos were awesome. They were. Yeah. And it, it was sad that when I went back down there and they were gone. And you just think to yourself, as when my you know, watching my dad's business fail and, and having to close up shop those things really affected me more than probably the average person because I knew what those families and people were going through. Yeah.
0: I think I think I mean like lunch is exactly a prime example that I think people have been overlooking with all of this right so uh, you got uh, you know as a brewery we're not worried about that lunch rush we're worried about those people that want to go do happy hour and all of those yep. things I don't think we realize how much that like a lot of those Places relied on that ru- that lunch business as their bread and butter, particularly in those those urban uh, centers where people oh. are are, are going there.
2: Like Chris said, that Skywalk there, those places were literally only open for lunch. Most of them closed down at 2:30 in the afternoon. They were done after yeah. that. Their, their whole business was lunch with those the people that those thousands of people that worked in Skywalk that no longer were there and they're not coming back.
0: Yeah, and 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 even if even if all those restaurants weren't shut down by any mandate or anything just the fact that all those bis- businesses had people working from home just that alone yeah. uh impacts their business in a way that you know whether or not you, you want to talk about what you can do to, to uh talk to your legislators of, about those things just the fact that those people are staying away that's that's a whole other way that that those people were, were impacted that it doesn't have to do with a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate or or anything else just just the fact that so many people are working from home and, and, you know, you say, yeah, maybe these, these businesses have, have learned that they don't need to have these headquarters and all those things, but that trickle down effect is, is absolutely huge.
2: It, it does, um, I mean, Wells, Wells Fargo has made that decision on some major different divisions in downtown Des Moines that there is, I mean, I don't want to give you the exact number, but I think it's in the thousands that are not coming back downtown. They're going to let their lease run out because they, they don't almost buildings are leasing them. And, that it is such a, like you said, it's such a trickle down from there. It's like that little mom and paw shop, they counted on this. Well, now we have to restructure this. What's that going to be? It's a never ending thing that happened because in, in, for Wells Fargo, they didn't lose any money through this. They actually found a way for them to save money. Like, Hey, we didn't need these guys in the offices. We can get just as much done and save from having this much office space in the next done. So it's a, it's a win for the big boys there and a lose for them all and pause. And that's what always just really bothers me because I'm such a brick and mortar guy that that's what just really, really bothers me is that's what's kind of become of that, which is, is sad. Um, you know, I'm all about, if you go out and do your best and doesn't work, failure is part of getting into this, but some of it, when it's out of your control, that's what just is hard for me to swallow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That-
0: Go ahead, Tim. You know, I am someone who, who cut their teeth uh, in the service industry, right? And, and so I am someone who, who there's a lot of ways that I see all of this where, you know, a lot of that stuff is gone. And I also understand why a lot of those folks have decided to, to leave and go do something else. I mean, we, we are an industry that it notoriously does not necessarily uh pay well or understand things like like uh leave for medical reasons or things like that like it's not necessarily an industry where we we've, we've set ourselves up to be pandemic proof uh, yeah. by by any means right and so I think I think it's caused a whole lot of learning for a whole lot of people in maybe ways that we weren't prepared for and I, I'm sure you've ran to maybe some Some lessons learned on on what it means to to have uh, you know a staff that frankly is more vulnerable to a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, for sure.
2: And I think the best part, you know, for us and anybody else that did, you know, maybe some late night stuff too, to where it was lots of college help and a lot of it maybe was churned through anyway. in that type of ministry, the super late night stuff was oh, you don't like this job? Well, there's 30 people with their applications in, wanting your job To Guess what? There's not 30 applications anymore. But that stuff has been a big, um, I, I don't know what the right word is to use for this, but more, more appreciation is not the right word I'm using, but it, it's, you, you know what I'm trying to say though? There's more just, uh, absolutely our thing has changed. So you have to look at every instant differently, whether that's a little more pay here, treat things differently being more lenient on okay go take your time to do this get back but also knowing that there's not 10 people in the bullpen ready to come in and you do this so a
1: little more tolerance, probably yes. tolerance is yes. the word you're looking for yeah
2: and that also has been good and bad because there also has been some employees that also use that to their advantage of well, or they're sure. going to fire them anyway because you can't right, so yeah. it's And then, but, but it makes you appreciate the good ones that you have and had even more that continue to do this that aren't doing that way too. So I do think it's easier for some people to maybe rise to the ranks with, with a company like ours that is growing more management position, that type of stuff too, that they are going to be able to grow faster with better pay and better type of stuff doing that in our company now than they definitely way faster than they could have three years ago so that part of it in the service industry especially for our company now that is growing has multiple spots now we're going on like 10 spots now is way different than it was for us you know three years ago we had less spots so we we finally got to the point you know at about when i got done feeling sorry for myself and whining at the world um there was two ways to look at it that hey there is going to be some opportunities on this which isn't good and you're not proud of that but there's going to be places closed places that are for sale for a Hell of a lot less money than it was three years ago. And
1: mm-hmm. it was
2: take on more debt, take on more risk to grow and not sit and wait to leave and lose that. And that's kind of the mentality that um, our group took. I bought out my 50-50 business partner uh, two months before the pandemic. So I also had a monthly note to pay off on that. To <laughs> because the timing wasn't very good on that. As you explained, this is a great move to my wife. This is such a good move. You know, good luck on that too. We got this new nice little monthly
0: note we got to pay and then whammy. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I, I, I quit my job like a month before the pandemic hit thinking that I, I had uh, a couple other things in the works and and had enough kind of savings up there and then realized, oh no, I'm just never going to have a job again for a while. So I, I absolutely get that. Uh, sometimes uh, the best late intentions still mean that you have a whole other challenge to hit. I worked. Uh,
1: I worked out at uh, at a gym here, and I had friends that were partial owners of it, and they had just sold it and finalized the sale in February of 2020. Oh my! And the new owner bought it, uh, and within a month he had to shut down, and couldn't have anybody in there. And I was. I I told my I told my buddy. I was like, man, you guys, you couldn't have had a better timing than that. Uh, and I and I felt bad for the new owner. I knew him a little bit. He was a trainer there that ended up buying it. But um, yeah, that was. And then he turned around and opened up the Steak and Shake uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So that guy's that guy's <laughs> guts. Let me tell you, which worked out pretty well because if you ever drove around there the first month or so that it was there, there was there was cars lined all the way up around. That was the Wild. Corner. That was wild. That was crazy. Uh, so, but yeah, I when you talked about taking the opportunities uh during there and and expanding and so on and, and taking those risks my dad always said you have to spend money to make money and sometimes that's a little scary of a of a proposition
2: and that's why i told you i came out here my girls were singing if you want it take it from the same movie i'm like it kind of i kind of knew we're probably gonna go down this road talking about today and for whatever reason that kind of reddish in my brain and i got like hey i got I had I had just two little girls at the time when the pandemic hit, uh, and then hey, the, the other the absolute best part for me that came out of COVID was we absolutely had a COVID baby, and his name's Russell. After my dad too, so we got Russ. He just turned one years old there last week. So yeah, he was absolutely the best part for me that came out of that. But you know, you had this family to feed too. It's like all right, eventually you got to play, and that's why I go back to talk about Nick Bassett and his you know how positive his thinking was. Like all right get your ass up off the couch and figure out a way to change it now too, because there isn't a chance yet to do it. And that's just the approach we took was, so we just bought the, um, the boathouse, which is across from camp Dodge January one. We just purchased Mm -hmm. that little dive bar out there. Um, it kind of made the news for all the wrong reasons politically with stuff, banners and that too. So we're kind of cleaning out some of that and doing some of that stuff up too. We have another project that works right now we so we signed that one the breakfast clubs at now we signed that lease the month before covid hit mm. our landlords there were actually nice enough to let us push it back we ended up you know opening 10 months later kind of in the middle of the pandemic but if they would have made us push that envelope right there it would have been you know we were very fortunate with that project too and we're currently going to be opening the second one out in west Glenn right now too so we have we have a lot of stuff going on we're taking some chances to do that and you said it takes money to make money, uh, you know. So my business partner and I were, were, you know, it takes money. So it, sometimes it takes the bank's money to do some of that stuff, which is where we're at. But that's the that's the the avenue we've chosen instead of kind of just sit back on what we had and just see what happens. Because I I I just our my view on that was we need to go that direction. I don't know if that's right or wrong. We'll you know only time will tell on that. But that's um that's what we chose. But back to that part, too, like, you know, we had a lot of good workers for us, too. And they are now starting to climb the ranks and get some. They're not just bartenders anymore, too. They're getting these management roles and having, you know, some nice paydays or some of them worked other jobs, too. They don't have to do that anymore. They kind of focus on this, too. And then so that that part of it makes me feel good. So, you know, there, there's always some sunshine out of dark days, too. I'm hoping we have more sunlight than. All that director was for a long time but like you like you let off the show with too it, we just don't know with this stuff it's so day-to-day you know depending where you live and what it is too it's just it's different so
0: so, so Petty, let, let me ask you uh uh <laughs> you'd mentioned kind of going through uh some some you know personal struggles the woe was me why is this happening and, and you, you you found your way through that but uh frankly what gives you the balls to uh <laughs> to make these moves while we still don't know what's going on like I, you talked about you know being as lucky as you are smart to do these things um and I, I would not blame you for for being uh a little bit more timid a little bit more passive what what gives you kind of that that optimism to to make some of these these moves right now. I, if you if you're very close to me,
2: that's that's just kind of my personality anyway. It's always been that. It's always been a, a risk taker on that. It's, it's just how I'm wired. It's, it's failure. Failure has never scared me,
1: mm-hmm. which is
2: why I've taken some risks. And like I said, I've been lucky to get to some stuff too. It's just it's not that failure doesn't scare me. That's probably the wrong word to say. I'm not afraid to take chances. Failure absolutely scares me. I'm not afraid to take chances that could fail. I guess sure. is,
1: and that sure. was always
2: right. my, that, that's a way better word to say it. I'm definitely afraid of failure. You're Definitely afraid of failure, but I'm not afraid to take those chances to get to this different level. And I lost that fire, light, whatever that, whatever you want to call that. And so my wife kind of when it kind of got me out of my funk. She's like, well, we'll do something about it then. As I mean, for lack of a better term, that's kind of what she said. And that she absolutely was want to do that. Um, and again, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have a, have a very successful business partner that He could take some of these hits more than I could on some of our new projects we had. And he's my partner on some of these new projects we have, too, that it, you know, I didn't take them all on myself like I did before. I only own, you know, half a lot of these, not the whole thing. So there was different approaches to it. A lot of my places were very, very late night based. I had no chance to be open through all this stuff, too. So these new things have more food to it. So it's not the exact same approach I had before. It's a very still... Yes, we're moving forward with new stuff and doing, I mean, the breakfast club opened up after the pandemic. We were between concepts on what we were going to do. We kind of went that way. We, th- this seems to be going, I mean, it's been going very well. So it's just, we've kind of adapted our game plan on what I thought it would be. We had another, we had another beer can. Allie that was going to open up in an old Joe's crab shack in outside Kansas city. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to those papers April 1st. So mm-hmm. there's the only thing where, thank God that wasn't, you know, <laughs> February 1st, March, that would have been really bad. And we were actually going to try to own that building and that didn't happen. So we just, we completely changed, you know, different approaches on different takes in this industry. Cause there is a million different avenues to go in here. So I, again, I don't know if it's right or not. That's just always been kind of my personality. That's what I've, I've always done. I was the guy in high school that was, you know, I was Five foot ten and can only shoot. So if I was oh for ten, I had to make sure I try to get to five for twenty somehow. So just keep shooting a little bit. <laughs> I guess it was, you
0: know? I, I, I love the shooter's mentality. Is well,
2: my is... my Russ's soul, my uh, my junior high coach. You know, being one of the closest guys to me, and his his advice to me, and I put it in my yearbook. But he goes, he goes when in doubt, shoot. It was always his advice to me. So that's I've always kind of taken that with me forever. So uh, when in doubt, shoot. Yeah, so,
0: I get, I, whole shooter's I, mentality of. Uh... If you're on shoot, if you're off, shoot until you're on. Right. Um, there you go. Uh, exactly. Which, which I I, I appreciate. Uh, Chris and I have talked a bit about this. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned uh, his dad's business before, but just that whole idea of, I mean, the dad opened up a computer business. His dad didn't know shit about computers.
1: Right. He didn't know a <laughs> thing about it. But he knew he could sell and he knew he could sell stuff. And he figured the rest of it would just fall into place. Um, and he taught me, similar to what you were just talking about, fear of failure is a pretty big motivator, right? Uh, it makes me work harder. It makes me try harder. It makes me take more chances. Because the last thing I want to do is go, for me, to go to my family or my wife and tell her that I failed her. Yeah. So, uh, and, and that was the same kind of thing. When you had said uh, a little bit ago about, you know, I could sit here and just take it. That was the same mentality uh, I had four years ago when I was battling cancer. I've told this story before. My daughter came up, she was crying. She didn't understand why it was happening to us. And I was like, we are not, we're not sitting in this room feeling sorry for ourselves." The fact is, is that I have cancer. Now we got two choices. I can sit here and let the, you know, let life kick the shit out of me and just lay here and take a beating. Or I can get up and do everything I need to do to make sure that I can, I have a fighting chance, and that's what I'm going to do. I'll be damned if I'm going to sit there and take a beating all night, all night long. That's not happening. So, uh, and that's that's how you have to take, you have to take those types of things. And I and I think a lot of people did, which is one of the things that, looking back in through our interaction, I admire about you is that I don't think I ever saw you publicly. Woe is me! This is unfair. Uh, you know, I got shut down things like that. I, I don't think I ever saw that. Um, Which was part of the reason why I came back and was like, eh, you know, I I think he, I I think I misunderstood him. And I think maybe he misunderstood me a little bit. Twitter has that effect. (laughs) right? I know I've said a hundred times to the people that I get into some conversations with, it usually ends up in a DM. And I'd say, you know, if you and I were sitting across and just having a beer together, I think we'd probably like each other. Hundred percent. You're really a guy. So
0: I, I, usually, I usually tell people like just just ignore Chris for a second. You're like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I almost went off on a tangent today because somebody was dissing Mike Singletary. So that shows you of my priorities. <laughs> like, his, yes, his, I know he his, can't coach. I understand his, that he can't coach, but don't tell his, me he doesn't know football. The man played football for several years. He knows more than you do, sitting in your mom's basement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no,
0: yeah, no, no, Teddy. He, sometimes you just gotta let Chris get himself spun up and, and move on through all that stuff, and just and just sit there and smile and nod and and. Well, uh,
2: no, but but he was so right, and and for me though too was you know you're sitting there and you know picking up things became so political, especially to uh-huh. social media yeah. on this. And I I truly am one of those people in the middle. Like, I hate both sides equally. I think they all just stop. That's kind of where I'm at. But, you know, some things will get somewhere. And when you do have an instance, especially when things were so heightened, then you just have tendencies to push buttons instead of like, now, I mean, sometimes I'm like, why didn't you just scroll past that? Oh, I was sitting at home and started having beers at two o'clock instead of six like I normally do. <laughs> I was a little more aggressive by five o'clock than I usually would have been instead of being a-
1: <laughs> I got into one of the worst online arguments with my nephew one time. It was it was an hour. And the next morning he woke up and he texted me and he's like, hey. I was drinking quite a bit last night and, and I was like, yeah, well, so was I. So uh, and, and trust me, there's been times I've went to bed and put the phone down and I was like, nah, eh, I, that was, that was really dumb. I was, I was out of line, but to, you're right. I think politics has caused a lot of problems. I miss the times when I could be in a room with somebody and not have any idea what their politics are. Cause it didn't matter. Yeah. I, I, don't, don't well, There's so,
2: so far few between now, and that's really unfortunate, it really is.
0: But, but Debbie, I think, um, I mean, I, I think now more than ever, I mean, you, you talk about sitting there and talking to your peers in the service industry and other places, and you guys have kind of had to be a united front in talking to uh, your representatives and your political leaders to look out for your interests. So right, wrong, or indifferent, you you kind of have to take a political view just. To well, look out I, think,
2: I think most people just think I'm Republican because of that too. But there was nobody harder on Governor Reynolds publicly than me through that time. I kind of took that road on going at. I mean, I went. You can probably ask Chris about that. I mean, it was daily. My one political stance was taking that. Is like do something. And it wasn't just directly about a political party. It was at her and because she was the one in charge now and how yeah. she was handling certain things. So I absolutely have no problem doing that. I just don't give a shit if you have an R or a D next to your name. I'm going to treat you accordingly by how your actions are
0: when it comes to politics. Oh that's sure. I, well, and I and I, th- I think Chris is a total D, so I think that
1: totally. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> sure that was. I'm sure that means douchebag. I'm sure. <laughs> I, to that point, I think the 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 biggest problem that I had with her and again it wasn't because she's a republican it was because she was in charge was that she shut everybody down then she opened everybody back up then she's out campaigning in big ass rallies with thousands of peoples with no masks but then she reshut certain businesses down because they were doing the right thing that's when i lost my mind and like you know you can't go to those small businesses that are relying on customers and saying, you guys didn't do the right thing, so now I have to shut you down, when you're at a rally with 1,000, 2,000 people. Yeah, and that, and that and that's
2: what bothered a lot of that time, too. I mean, you know, and then for us, you know, we, we have Beer Canal in Sioux City. That's right in the river. So yeah. we opened up a month before the pandemic. No, sorry, it's three weekends. We didn't have our grand opening yet. We've actually never had a grand opening there because of this, all this stuff. But we had that ten o'clock rule, so we became a pregame bar. They went across the river to South Dakota, where there was no rules, and then to Nebraska, wow. where there was way fewer. And just kind of, our whole premise had a completely change. It kind of got lost in the shuffle when we did come back open, because people are creatures of habit. You know what I mean? It was, and like, it's you know, it hard to wanted, make them South Dakota. Part of a habit. They
0: watch too much Deadwood. I think they think that no laws apply to anything.
2: <laughs> and, the, and the weirdest part is. Is my great uncle is the mayor of Huron. He's, he might have retired last year. He's in his seventies and he has the biggest dem ever. And I think he got out of it because of it too. Because he's <laughs> Huron South Dakota, Democrat mayor in South Dakota. You wouldn't think it's possible, but he was.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, sh- 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 shout out Paul Elbert on that. <laughs>
1: there you go. <laughs> yeah, we're big in South Dakota.
0: Big. As- <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah no i and teddy i, I appreciate that but because like at the end of the day man republican democrat whatever uh, it's not just you and your business and your livelihood and your personal happiness and you know in the nice way possible I, you know a lot of ways i could say i don't give a shit if you're feeling bad about yourself but you have uh people who who are relying on you to be a business and you've got you know employees and and those employees have family and all of that and so it's a lot greater than just you and your personal pride and so you know it doesn't matter what your affiliation is you need us to be able to make the best decisions for everyone so um you know i i appreciate that you can put all of that aside and and figure out what that is uh uh because man it's uh (laughs) I still don't know that that we have any idea what kind of the the next steps look like. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on uh, what kind of the future holds. But uh, I'm going to maybe ask you to have a crystal ball here.
2: Well, Um, unfortunately, to go back to what we said, unfortunately, it does get a little political there. Some of that stuff kind of does matter. in our industry where you're living on what rules and regs are. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. But I will say this is that, hey, politicians, you gotta you gotta pass by, hey, nobody saw this crap coming last time. But what's your damn there better be national on the highest level possible, teams put in place to be able to roll some stuff out again, a hell of a lot faster, cleaner, and better than whatever that crap was we had the last time. That's what needs to be better. Because if there is a national pandemic to where you do need to shut us down and do that stuff too, you can't tell people to make zero dollars and keep spending i mean, that was that was ridiculous that yeah. was yeah. ridiculous
0: and and, and and that's and that's not to say that shutting down wasn't the right thing for people's safety and, and for all of that right that like that's not about whether it was right or wrong it was the impact that it had
2: the well the impact on what you and you gotta you gotta act faster what's your plan I mean their plans to come out for it, it wasn't we, it was months plural yes. and i'm like well this pdp maybe you want to pay it back on a son well which one is it <laughs> i mean you know what i mean and you know it's just it's very very different well which one is it it was not clear so i think those are very important on especially this because i don't really don't think covid's going anywhere ever it's going to be on how the world deals with such things moving forward and how it is and i don't have a crystal ball there hell i wish i did but um a lot of the two is just, you know, more. And I get way better at it, too, is, is you know, respect your neighbor. on will never that is, too. Nobody's smarter than the next person. And that was my biggest challenge, too, was getting mad. Maybe that's some people and stuff, too. And that is just, hey, you know, there's, you know there is vaccinations and stuff out now, too. There's, there's things you can take for, to protect yourself, too. But the in-game fighting we have as a country has got to stop because it's disgusting how mean people are to each other now. That's got to stop, and yeah. it. And if it's the right reasons, that's fine. But it's like bad things are almost just celebrated if it's on the other side you're thinking of, and that just makes me want to like weep inside for our country.
1: I, I've said quite a bit that it, I, the American people themselves, I think, can get along and to and can can coexist. It's the people in charge that realize. They would be without a job if that ever happened, and the media networks and, and the, the media that get right. paid by clicks and I, all that and stuff, and stuff. We can and we can talk about one side or the other, but oh, I will. Well, they're, they're both they're both guilty of it. They're right, both guilty. Right. Fox News has their their agendas and so on, and if you don't think that CNN doesn't miss having Donald Trump, that, I mean, he has not been president for a year, and they still talk about him every single day. And I told because hate they know, right because hate both they know that that those people that hate him will tune in and that that's what drives me i i have not watched hardly any news since the election because i just can't i can't take it all i want is the facts and what happened i don't want your spin on it and i don't want your your pushing of an agenda and they both have it that absolutely they both do
2: i truly think it'll take a third party and i used to think it was you know years and years away maybe we're closer to that than we think
0: i i I mean my my number one agenda over the last uh six eight months was i think that we can unite the entire country around uh just the idea that all of chris's takes are wrong (laughs) Uh, I I think we can join hands across America. I you think. would be
1: wrong, my friend. Hey, do, well, maybe
2: do, do I you mean, guys know somebody that can put that on a t-shirt. Is there somebody know, on a yeah, t-shirt? Yeah. T-
1: t- <laughs> this is wrong. We'd sell the fuck out of those, man. I'm telling you right now. We'd sell the fuck out of those. Uh, yeah, uh, you bet. Uh, that's great. I lost my train of thought. Now I have no idea where we're at. <laughs> Tim, uh, uh,
0: no, you? that that well, good. That's that's uh That's my goal, Chris, is to derail you as much as possible. um, (laughs) It keeps you humble. Um, Let's talk about uh, something fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's talk about. uh,
1: Well, what's going
0: on that you want to talk about that's exciting?
2: Well, yeah, I I will say this, and I, you know, it on my phone from right now, too. But uh, uh, Sean Robertson, though, he wants to tell me, too, that they're having that. you know, again for for something local, they're having a chanterage watch party out of Drake coming up here. I think it's in February sometime. I can post that later. So that's really cool. Um, and then something I wish I had more details on right now that I've actually been DMing with Chris about too is that I'm working with some I have some pretty, pretty good friends that are, I don't want to say they're yeah, you know what? F it, they are pretty famous. They weren't famous when I met them coming through, but they kinda are now in Nashville. They're working some doing some really cool charity work. It'll be through Iowa with some of those guys for some breast cancer and some CJ, CJ, CJD and some kind of close personal things um, that are close to me. And I reached out to Chris, you know, weeks ago about that too. I, I don't want to give any details on that until they are locked down or done, but there's going to be some really cool things that I think you guys can help us retweet on that later to, you know, kind of really help people. And I think that's, what's kind of important too is to be able to give back and do some things that are pretty cool to people to, you know, just help have a good time. Help other people who are having a time and have a beer. That's fantastic, right? What else do you want? That's
1: right. That's right.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I like it. That's what we call the industry a teaser. I thought that was very very great there, Teddy. <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh, yeah. So you, and, went and you, and I, you went to you and I, but you're a big Iowa State fan.
0: Ooh. Um. So yeah.
2: Well, I so I grew up a Hawkeye.
1: Um, well, we all have our faults. <laughs>
2: my my little brother played football at Iowa State. Is when that switched. Um, wow. He tra- was on their, He was on their two bowl teams that uh, played at uh, in New York City and Memphis. Um, Rhodes last two bowl games.
0: Right. So
2: you know going through that whole process with him too, it, you know it, it flipped and that's kind of what it was and thats uh, um, I got a bunch of posters I could show you. but yeah um, no, that's, that's what it was. I, I love Iowa State. I actually am one of the few that don't hate Iowa. I actually do cheer for them still because I grew up that way. But you know what is worse than maybe political banter is Iowa and Iowa State. <laughs> might God. even be worse than Republicans. It is. It
0: is worse. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. You you brought up front of the pod uh, uh, Sean Roberts and and he's got some of the worst sports takes in in all of the state of Iowa. So. That's what
2: makes Sean Sean though. That's what makes Sean Sean.
1: Sean's <laughs> passionate. That's for sure. <laughs> That's for,
2: for sure. The dumbest, smart, dumbest, smart guy I've ever met in my entire life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that poor bastard. For anyone who me. actively wants to cheer for the White Sox, I already feel uh, a little bit of shame for. So uh... that,
2: that, that guy told our group chat, and he was so proud to tell it that him and his girlfriend were spending this money to go to Disney by themselves, Disney World. And all that stuff. I'm like, I go, I'm like, that literally is hell on earth to me. It's going to me <laughs> in lines. It's it's a running joke now. And now I go, to make it worse, he found a cheaper flight that's going to go out of O'Hare. I go, I didn't think your trip would get any worse than it did. But now (laughs) you're saying you're going to the worst airport in America too to get to (laughs) hell on earth. It is just insane. Insane to me,
1: Sean. Come on, man. I booked our trip to Vegas for the Iowa State game. And I I do not fly very often. I'm terrible at booking flights. And I got, I booked this flight and it was from Des Moines to Charlotte and then Charlotte to Las Vegas. And I was like, that was the worst fucking idea I've ever had in my entire life. We sat in in Charlotte for like two hours and then flew back over Iowa. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you've seen a map before, Chris. I was going off price, motherfucker. I couldn't help it. Man. <laughs> there it is. You broke him. You got him, bud. <laughs> I'll tell you though. My wife was like, "It's okay, honey. It's no big deal. It's fine." I felt really bad. She was like, "It's fine." We went stopped yeah. at a hotel in Nashville on the way back. We were driving back from Florida from Disneyland, by the way. And we were driving, which I don't ever recommend. That's a terrible idea too. And we stopped. I, I booked this hotel outside of nashville just off of a website and when we pulled up it was one of those ones that has like the doors on the outside it was straight out of bates motel i mean it was not and the boys were like do we have to stay here and i kept telling stacy i'm sorry i'm really sorry i did not look at the pictures here and she's like it's okay it's fine she didn't care it was eighty dollars a night she did not care the boys saying, "Do we have to stay Here's the best part of that. So, Do we yeah. have to stay here? We were like,
0: "Do yeah. we have yeah. to
2: stay no. here?" <laughs> and
0: no, no, uh, Teddy. Every time Chris tells another story about his wife, I, I, I'm torn between thinking that she's an absolute saint and maybe she just has terrible taste that, that she's put up with
1: everything. That <laughs> oh my God, my <laughs> cool with wife without taste. You know, well, hey,
2: there we go. I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little plug. Uh, so my, my wife sells this. She sells. Well, I don't want to say pharmaceutical projects because you know that's bad. But she actually does eyes. Sub- <laughs> so
0: there's so a drug
2: dealer. basically. <laughs> there is you no know, It just came out in January. There is an eye drop that if you have if you need reading glasses for readers, you put this drop in your eye. You don't need reading glasses for six hours.
0: Oh wow! Oh my God! Yeah. I need that. I,
2: my dad's obsessed with it already. <laughs> Cause he can't he can't read his phone in front of him without his readers, but that's only only thing he needs is readers. He's fine without it, so he's obsessed.
1: That sounds amazing. I, I wish
2: I could tell you what it's called. I should be better at it, but I don't. But um, hey, go ask your eye doctor about it if you need huh. less, reading glass.
0: Crazy. <laughs> I know I, I I think that's uh that's that's a great idea. Um, I mean, like Chris is illiterate, so I don't know that it's 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 <laughs> that's the, origin, but the problem, but so how, how, how did you two
2: guys meet? How did you meet? I'm, I'm familiar with your podcast, but maybe your origins, I'm not that good to. So, for for maybe some oh, new man, listeners, why don't you to tell them how all this started and how you guys met and let me kind of control your podcast now? Because I'm not going to ask
1: who's hijacking this thing. What the hell? Who, who are you bringing up yeah, We're getting a professional on here that's going to host it. Tim sucks. <laughs> Uh, Ted Flint, uh, this is how Ted Flint put out a a tweet and wanted to know if anybody wanted to join tailgate society. And at the time I was on my own doing a little bit of video editing and some, some hype tape stuff and whatever, just for fun. And I thought that might be fun to do. Uh, So I joined and then Tim and I followed each other on Twitter and he was part of that. And he said, what do you think of doing a, a, a podcast? We seem to have similar views and as i told john walters last time we were the two oldest guys on tailgate society and we thought what's an underserved demographic like two old white guys <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah whose voice isn't being heard right now old white men old white well, Matt,
2: <laughs> men how, how do you think i feel seeing the guests you guys get on your show and then there's freaking me they gonna have to do like the longest description of who the hell this guy is
1: when you put out, and they're going to listen to it, too.
2: Chris Williams, John Walters, all these guys, and, like, who the hell is Ted Hawley?
1: They're going to know now. <laughs> all seven of our listeners, they're going to know. Hey, it's uh, a... We're called influencers, Teddy,
0: so... Right.
1: I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm looking for a new job, No, so, you know, if I can if I can somehow turn this into some cash, that's what I need. Uh, yeah, but- it's a small world, Teddy. Apparently, you uh, know my neighbor across the street.
2: I, uh, uh, pretty well Actually, I've known yeah. him Back in his I, I know him from the industry Actually, he was a bartender Before I even moved to Des Moines Right when that I moved there bastard's
1: a Texas fan He He's having a rough go of it The last few years Go Kansas, baby
0: Kurt, Kurt, I know, like, three <laughs> of your neighbors you I know. And I never actually met in person like, like, we've never talked to each other face-to-face And I know, like, three or four of your neighbors
1: Yeah It's crazy he knows. Uh, he knows an old friend of mine from high school. They were they were neighbors for a while. He, you went to high school with my neighbor's wife, right? With Mike's wife. Yep.
0: Catherine. Yep. Yep. And went, one of uh, Gosh, one of your you other mean. neighbors is uh, a good friend of mine. We we've done some bachelor parties together. So yeah. yeah. I, I mean, bet crazy. Those- Yeah. Well, I mean, like Norm Walker was like what six people? So it's not surprising
1: I would know four of <laughs> them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> i could listen years ago a buddy of mine bought me a t-shirt that was perfect that said fuck off i got enough friends he's like <laughs> "I got you.
2: you know what i feel bad saying this too i i, I do have a, enough good friends too my wife will meet this bless her heart she loves the gym and that stuff too i like beer we just have different interests in that my golf course is like her gym it's like hey meet these very nice people and they're all very nice people and she's like, "Why do you act differently around something?" I go, well, "I was, I was nice, but why aren't you like, you know, super like yourself?" I go, "I sell all day, and I have enough fucking friends. I don't want to have these guys come to our house for dinner next week." <laughs> 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 you can only um, put a fake face on for so many days, boys.
1: <laughs> well, Cole's a pretty good guy. He's he's not too bad. But, yeah, uh, Cole, to be- Cole's an awesome guy after we beat texas the last time he i i saw him a couple times outside and i didn't rub it in about the third time he's like what are you sick over there you haven't said horns down or anything (laughs) waiting for it i was giving you enough time to to soak it all in my friend so yeah i got my i got my mustang stuck in the snowstorm luckily he was outside he helped me push it back into the garage
2: i read that that was funny
1: i was so pissed Man, I had to hurry up and get pushed in there before my wife saw it and told me I saw it and, and she said I told you so because that was one of the first things she said when I bought that car is how are you gonna drive it around in the snow
0: I, I was gonna say Chris there's an awful lot of that that you're a very brave man for admitting to, to that I'm an board, me. man. I mean I mean Bill's gonna give you 10 times the shit than I than I would for that I, mean, I know it's no, right it's, it's no Lacar. car
1: well all right. <laughs> Teddy, let me ask you a question. If if you (laughs) is it sad that I took my senior picture with it too? Is that sad too?
2: It is very sad.
1: (laughs) A nineteen
2: eighty two. I got no. I have questions. I have questions. Is it the exact same car? What is it? The same car you had then, or did you go find the exact same one that was different? No, no, no,
1: no, no. No this. He's making fun of my Lacar that I had in high school. <laughs> it had
2: I mean, it yeah, had a retractable
0: roof. It
2: wasn't quite a Lacar, uh, yeah. Honestly, God, I'm I'm not. I don't
0: yeah. know what it is. Well, because well, first of all, dude, literally, it's called Lacar, which should tell you everything you need to know.
1: Uh. Is, is is it French for awesome? <laughs> yes. As a matter of fact, it was. It's French for the car. <laughs> I'm upgraded now to a Mustang. A whale's
0: vagina.
1: Yeah, I guess exactly. It is a whale's vagina. <laughs> oh, you guys are going to cough up a lung. Yeah. Well, I, let's I, talk I, about. Let's talk about an exciting thing that. Teddy I'd love for you to come to uh February 19th down at Revelton Distillery. It's a Saturday at twelve thirty. Tim and I are going to meet for the first time. We're going to record in the at the distillery. Uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with owns it. Rob Taylor. Um so we're going to invite a bunch of listeners and guests to come down. Uh hop on. It'll be free range to be able to make fun of Tim. Uh you know, nobody's going to want to come down here and make fun of me. No way. That's, that's every episode. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I think too, people are going to be spending too much time fawning over my good looks, Chris, that they're going to have a hard time making fun of anything. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you know who Tim kind of looks like? Ooh. You kind of look like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He does.
1: He does. He looks I, like I, Ryan. It's magic.
0: I, I have, I have, I have heard that before. Um, I do want to point out that that man is also, a certified genius. So I just want to just want to throw that out there.
1: <laughs> and 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 very athletic, which are two things that you are not. Oh, uh,
0: um, uh, I'm very something, and um, no, I'm not. I have not been athletic for all, dude. I, I thought I threw my back out doing a puzzle the other day. If that tells you. <laughs> Uh, how many years ago my athletic friend passed me by? <laughs> I once pulled a hammy bartending. Uh <laughs> not busy. So uh yeah. Yeah, so just like FitzMagic.
1: That's it. There you go. Come down, meet meet Ryan Fitzpatrick and 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 Chris down at Rebel Ton Distillery on February nineteenth. We'd love to have everybody. like Inc- uh, That'd be great. I like that. Yeah.
2: What, 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 what day in the week is that? Is that Saturday? Saturday
1: during the day awesome. to 1230 in the afternoon. So perfect. perfect. Yeah. I
0: like that.
1: Excellent. Amy, anything well, else? Yeah.
0: I was going to, I was going to say, uh, Teddy, is there anything like, now's kind of the, the chance in, in the podcast for you to plug whatever you want to plug, um, I know, like you said, you don't have your phone in front of you, so you have no idea what's going on in your businesses because you're that disconnected from you know your ivory tower. But uh, <laughs> to be fair, that was a pod
1: garage <laughs> show yeah, all those fancy. It was a podcast.
2: it's not mine. It, it, it is. I, I Little am. The the first game got canceled because of COVID. It was supposed to be early January. So uh I can get that. I know, I know it's a cheaper ticket, you get like a beard, all kinds of stuff too. I don't want to, I don't want to miss speak on it because it is Drake and now, that's a very private school, and Sean is very connected to them. So I don't want to miss people that have the details in front of me, but that is something to plug. Um, listen, I, I know Chris has been friends with those guys for a long time, all those guys on the Chantra Show. They, I know they follow this show. They love it. There's lots of retweets from that stuff, too. You guys have been great. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect coming on here on exactly how it would be. I was familiar with the show. This was fantastic, though. This was very laid back. I, I don't know why I had a pregame shot. You guys weren't that scary.
0: <laughs> no, no, uh, Teddy, we, we appreciate your your frankness. I mean, uh, uh, one thing Chris and I pride ourselves in is that we kind of get into, uh, uh, you know, just honesty about how shit goes down uh, and, you know, things None of, none of us have it figured out. As much as Chris and I like to pretend like we know. Hell no. no, no.
2: My, well, if you're wondering about, if you think, if you're wondering what he's thinking, just go ask him because maybe that's my good and bad quality too. Is that maybe I should be less frank sometimes? <laughs>
1: what fun would that be? No, no, But that's that's kind of what that's kind of what we like to do here is just bring people on. Uh, it's it. We literally kind of treat it like. You know, guys just sitting around a bar having a drink and bullshitting and talking about life. And if we can, you know, in go in depth and help people or or see a different light or enlighten one of us, all the better, right? No, I I think the format's great. You guys
2: are hilarious. Uh, You know, if you ever get if you ever guys run out of you know very famous people to interview again, like you obviously did this week, is why (laughs) Chris Williams. Those guys weren't available. Just give me a call. I'm happy to build your. I'm happy to be your film guy again whenever you need one.
1: Perfect. <laughs> that sounds great. We've already classed this class up. I mean, you had that little hosting part. That was the best part of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh,
0: well, well, shoot, excellent, uh, Chris. Anything? I uh, like you. You plug the Revelton thing. Uh, anything else we need to plug before we get out of here?
1: That's it. Just. Uh, to, thanks for listening. Subscribe more. Look, if you haven't listened to the Chantaraj show, look at that. You do a little bit on Ball Don't Lie, too, don't you, Teddy? We do, yeah.
2: Ball, Ball Don't Lie. We're going to close up our season. We do a gambling podcast. Uh, uh, you should just listen to that
1: because I've lost a lot of money.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Not well, really. If, if <laughs> you follow NFL
1: this I've lost $25. That's, gonna, that's what I've gambled.
2: I'm the, uh, the non-guy, non more the host. Justin, really? I mean, he, he lived in Vegas for a while. He's he's a, he's a shark. He actually had a he actually had a bad NCAA this year, but he's around like sixty five percent for NFL this year. He's been hot. So the playoffs, he does really well. It's called Bald Lie. Follow us on Twitter. Um, we're gonna probably wrap up. We're gonna do we're gonna do a show this week and then one more. We only do football. And then we kind of just post things throughout the year. His specialty is actually college basketball. That's what he specializes in, um, and he just kind of makes posts throughout the year doing that. Um, you know we're, we're kind of laissez faire about that, but um, yeah, give us a follow. There's lots of good people. There's there's so many good podcasts and stuff in this in this Twitter sphere of ours. You guys are definitely one of the best. So I mean, we'll do our part to help promote this too, because this is a uh, this is a fantastic format. You guys are freaking hilarious, and the fact you guys haven't <laughs> met each other that's just incredible. Because you guys get pretty funny chemistry, so I can't wait to see that shit. So I have to go to hey, so where am I going again this February? Rebel
1: Distillery. It's at uh, 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola. There
2: you go, people. That's what we should do. See you all there. Perfect.
1: Look at that, Iowa man. State I mean, just one in overtime, marketing. by the way.
0: Oh. 84. Yeah, Excellent. Well, uh, thank you all, listeners. You guys have once again wasted another hour hanging out with, with uh, the likes of us, and we're very grateful for it. As Chris said, please do us a favor and download, like, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Uh, you can find us on whatever you're listening to now, frankly, or S- Spotify or Apple Music or Stitcher or. Uh, Stitcher. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Brian. Mondays, I, don't um. know. I don't know. <laughs> <who's-> <laughs> <laughs> uh, please check us out. Please check out the Tailgate Society at the Tailgatesociety.com. As always, a lot of great sports, pop culture. Uh, I don't know. We complain about movies a lot on there. A lot of great content there. Uh, find us at strength underscore old on Twitter. Sidegrad uh, side dad on Twitter. Tim Johnson MN. Uh, supposedly Chris has a TikTok which I'm afraid to check out for us so go ahead <laughs> and take a look at all of those uh, we appreciate every one of you guys listening and with that we will see you guys next time I don't
1: want to get on the bandwagon
2: I'll burn that wagon down and join the band traveling troubadours hair rising street corners just to try to get some supper in our hands now i
1: waited all my life to get this on my chest screen bloody murder until someone understands that it ain't about the money, the drugs, or the women. I make this noise just because I can. And we'll all join
0: in to that original sin.